Hello and welcome to a three inning save podcast. The three. I, starting the year, I've been saying A because we've already recorded an episode, Eric. That's right. This is our second three inning save of the year. We're we're a veritable Andre Jackson out of the <laughs> gate. Um, yeah, the, uh, we. It's weird. So this is our second episode and of twenty twenty four, and we're looking back at twenty twenty three. So we kind of we jumped ourselves because the Dodgers made a move. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's. That's where we're at. And if you want to hear a lot more thoughts about that move, just uh, go back a few days. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, we've got, we're going to, my favorite episode of the year, we go back on all of the bets and predictions you and I made over the past year and see how hilariously wrong we were in almost all of them. And then, you know, after that, just to, as a nice palate cleanser after our shame was washed away, we'll, got, uh, we'll have questions from Craig after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're not messing around. We're going to jump right into this, right? We, um, our previous episode this week was about Teoscar Hernandez. This episode is only about bets. The bets we made with our own pride. Because um, we, we don't actually put money can on we, these. Can we, we get... No, yeah, we don't do that. Can, we should be able to get Mookie for this episode starting next year, right? I think so. Um, well, I asked. I put in a request. And turns out they're, the Dodgers are deferring his uh, <laughs> his guest appearance on our episode to 2036. So hey, we'll, we'll still we'll be, be doing, doing it. it. We, we'll we know <laughs> this. Yeah. Um, all right. So these are... I think almost all of these, I, I I didn't look for certain, but I'm pretty sure all of them were essentially questions from Craig Benami um, uh, in our various you know questions from Craig segments throughout the year. He'll throw in a question like for the contest, this this or this, and 
And then sometimes we forget. I tally most of them. I, I don't. I may have forgotten one or two, but like uh, we have a list. And then I, I was thinking the other day. I was like, oh yeah, I need to go back. And I, so I went back uh, and looked. And uh, some we did pretty good on. Some we did not. Some I we I biffed a lot. Like it was bad. <laughs> For instance, like uh, in in at True Blue LA back in February, I wrote that the Padres would win the National League West. Did we do? Uh, well, I know we picked playoff teams did we predict division winners did i pick the padres uh no so i'll get to that in a second because okay. I, I i don't i think we did yeah we we did um i will i will have it ready when we get to that section Got uh, it. i have i'm yeah. curious i forget how um, confident i was however i just want to give myself a little bit of credit because i said when the padres would win the west i also said the dodgers are one of the best teams in the national league they're going to be right behind them um, but I also said, uh, I also, along with the, I said the Dodgers would be one of the best teams in the National League, quote, along with the Padres, Braves, and Mets. So, <laughs> what a three uh, two, 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 yeah. <laughs> I say two for four since the Dodgers were. Uh, but then it'll, it'll be how Los Angeles does in October that measures their season, yeah, like always. Yeah. How'd they do right there? Right <laughs> on target. Um, so, but I, so I cycled through our various predictions throughout the year. And I sort of I, these are in some cognate like yeah, cognizant order, uh, but yeah, playoff teams before the season. You got seven out of twelve. I only got five, so we both had Dodgers, Braves, Phillies, Astros, Blue Jays. You also got the Orioles and Twins, so you were on them. We we both got Padres, Cardinals, Mets, Yankees, and Guardians. We, we each had we are all wrong. I also said the Angels. God. <laughs> And and the Mariners would make it. The Mariners were at least close. Yeah, um, yeah, that's totally defensible. Um, I want to yeah, say they so, were like my bubble team. Like I really wanted to get them in there, and, and so couldn't. You, yeah. Um, I, so I'm looking up at. The, I picked um, two AL Central teams, which is a very dubious decision on my part. Oh yeah, to to like. I could have yeah. just ran the. I could have just put. Uh, I probably would have put Seattle instead of Cleveland and been equally wrong. Okay. But okay, so I think the way I ordered this. Um, I think we we both picked the Padres to win the division. Man, I must the way have I wrote been in a bad down. mood. But we also so we also picked um, the Cardinals and Mets to win their division. Naturally. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. not right. We picked the Braves. Who yeah. did? We 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 picked the okay. oh, Mets as the wild card. We did yeah. pick the Braves as division winner. But yeah. So but anyway. But I will say the I think the one especially given the hindsight of it. Uh, that we did it before the season. You nailed last place teams. You had five out of six. Um, I know Rockies, bad. <laughs> Rockies, Nationals, A's, Royals, and Red Sox. You only missed on the Pirates, who were in fourth, only five games above the Cardinals, who, again, we both picked to win the division. Um, <laughs> I only got two last place teams. Like, this is so bad. I got the <laughs> the Rockies and A's, which is the same number as playoff teams that I picked to finish last. I picked the Orioles to finish last in the <laughs> – how, my 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 argument on this was it was going to be like they were going to be like an eighty three win last place team or something, but that was just like eighteen wins off in that scenario because they won one hundred and one, and the eighty four win Marlins I also Which, had yeah, finishing you know. last yeah yeah but so Craig circled back in June June fifth. He said, which of the sort of surprise contenders uh, Arizona, Baltimore, and Texas would be in playoff position at the All Star break. Uh, Jacob said all three of them and was correct. I only said the... Why do you the, hate the city of Baltimore? <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I had no faith in the Orioles, and they, they were not only in playoff position then, they were in playoff position still. In fairness, they also 
they did not win a playoff game. So were they really in playoff? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say that. Um, at the All-Star break, we also took another look at the standings. Uh, uh, Craig said, how many winning AL teams would miss the playoffs? So I said, um, so I believe this was winning AL teams at the time. Um, I said the Mariners, Yankees. I so I who I picked the Mariners to play, make the playoffs at the beginning of the year, and I I, I jumped off me. at this point. <laughs> Mariners, Yankees, Red Sox. They all three missed. Jacob said only the Mariners and Red Sox. So you 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 Darren still had faith in the Yankees. It, it, well, okay, he had already injured his foot at this point at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, it's his like, fault. St- Done. It's fair. Yeah, it, that, that's you know that's concrete. Um, so on August twentieth, again we were we talked a lot about standings. Um, we checked back in. We both had Dodgers, Braves, Orioles. I was on board now, <laughs> and Twins winning the division. We had Texas winning the AL West, which they could have done by winning the last day of the season. Yeah, they did they, not. And then then they were so mad they didn't do anything in October. Who knew? <laughs> um, we both had the Rays and the uh, Phillies as wild cards. Yep. We both had the Astros as wild card. We got them in the playoffs because uh, yeah, they actually yeah. won the division. Um, we both had the Brewers winning the AL Central. Yep. We both had – oh, no, I'm sorry. I had the Brewers yeah. winning the AL Central. You had the Cubs. Mm. Mm. The, oh, the Cubs really they, biffed it, man. They, they should did. have been in the postseason. <laughs> um, you did have the Brewers winning the wild card, so, so you weren't you like fully down on them. Yeah. Now, I had the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays on the wild card. And the Cubs, <laughs> so that's wrong. Uh, you had the Mariners and the Reds winning the wild card. They both made late runs, but then neither made it. Um, so on August 20th, we went back to the bottom of the standings. We picked 90 lost teams. Uh, you said 10. I, I remember being flabbergasted at the time, but also I was like, is he going to be right? Like I, I was like, so secretly. But I said six, and it turned out there were six. Hey, good job. Uh, uh, we also guessed most losses. Jacob said 106. I said 111. We we knew it was going to be the A's, and the A's were the worst team. They lost 112, so I sort of get that <sighs> one. So bad. And then, okay, so that was standings. That, that We did a lot of sta- standings bets. Um, but so back before the beginning of the year, uh, Craig asked, how many MLB players would have 20 home runs and 20 steals? Uh, Jacob said uh, 15. I said 13. How if Just looking at this now without knowing – how many do you think there were? Fifteen. <laughs> You're confident. Uh, I should have had this open, so it's it's loading as we're doing it. Okay, so there were uh, nineteen. So okay. you, I mean, you, you get it because you're closer. Um, and okay, so then um, at the All Star break, we had a similar bet, um, sim- sort of. How many thirty homer, forty steal players were there in MLB? Um, Jacob said uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Corbin Carroll. I only said uh, Acuna. Uh, Carroll, um, oh, actually, let's see. Carroll missed out. So he had 25 homers but 54 steals. Acuna had 41 and 73, famously. Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, was the other 30-40 guy, 30 and 49 for the Royals. So I said two, uh, so I went. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. We, we we were we go above and beyond and name the actual players. Julio Rodriguez got close, uh, thirty-two homers and thirty-seven steals. Um, this was another before the season one. Um, we guessed who the Dodgers' sixth starting pitcher used would be. Um, now at this point, Tony Gonsolin had already injured his ankle, so he was going to be out to start the season. So. Um, that just giving you sort of a timeline where we're at. We both we both guessed Michael Grove would be the sixth starter. However, 
because Ryan Pepio injured his oblique because he beat out Michael Grove for the fifth starter job. Um, Pepio started the year on the IL, and Michael Grove was the fifth starter. So <laughs> it, it was actually Gonsolin as the sixth starter on April 26th in the Dodgers' 25th game of the season. Uh, you guessed it would be the 20th game. I guessed it would be the 31st game. So, wait, I win in that. No, no, you win because yeah, it's the 25th win. game. Yeah. yeah, you were one one game closer than I was. So I I when I was looking up the answer to this, I thought we were way off. Um, but it it was because I thought it was for the whole season. <laughs> um, <when laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Uh, so this was a time of game thing. Obviously, the the pitch clock was the one of the bigger things in baseball this year. Uh, it, back in at the start of the year, Jacob said, "How many of the Dodgers' twenty nine games in April would be uh, two and a half hours or less?" I said twelve. Jacob said ten. There were only seven. Uh, and when I again when I was was tallying this up, I was like. I think it was like 30 something or whatever for the whole year. Oh yeah. 39. And, um, I was like, man, we were, we did not <laughs> see this coming. But then I was like, Oh, it's only April. Okay. But to put that in perspective, 39 for the year, there were only three in 2022. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, back on April 16th, the Dodgers were eight and eight. Um, we, J- or Craig asked us when would the Dodgers first be five games over 500, uh, I said the 33rd game. Jacob said the 40th. Uh, it was actually the 31st game on May 2nd, so I get that one. Um, the next uh, category is I sort of lumped Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman here because uh, they had you know two great years. So, okay, May 14th. Uh, Betts already had 12 infield starts to this point. Um, Craig asked how many infield starts would Betts have by the All-Star break. I said 25, 29. Jacob said 25. The actual was 31. Uh, and then for the entire season, uh, Betts made 74 starts in the infield. He was, you know, primarily the second baseman, uh, especially against uh, um, lefties. No, wait, against righties uh, because uh, Hayward was in right. Um, and so that was that. Uh, June 11th, how many runs scored would Betts and Freeman have at the All-Star break? Um, I forgot what they were on that day. But for Betts, I said 71. Jacob said 67. For Freeman, I said 76. Jacob said 70. It was 72 runs each. Call that um, a push. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You actually get the Freeman when you were closer. I get the Betts one. Yeah. So you're right. That's a push. You're, you're right. Um, August 13th, Freddie Freeman was in the midst of another double romp. Um, I, oh, this wasn't even a me and you thing. I I, I don't remember the, how this was brought yeah, up. But, <laughs> yeah, but I said he would. Freddie Freeman would hit his 53rd double, which would would break the Dodgers record. On September 12th against the Padres, he actually did it four days earlier. September. Maybe 8th I just abstain. I thought I refused. Yeah, you're just like this is absurd. You're gonna you're way off. Um, it was so obvious that I was gonna be wrong that he just abstained. Um, so oh, another one that's sad. Uh, on uh, on. On September 3rd, when Mookie Betts was sitting on 38 home runs, uh, we were asked when he would hit his 40th home run. Uh, Jacob said September 5th. Oh, I said September 8th as pick. a hater. And um, he, he hit his 39th home run on September 11th, and then he never hit number 40. <laughs> Zero home runs in the last 77 plate appearances of the regular season. Then he was famously 0 for 11 in the NLDS, so not not the best of finishes. Um at the All-Star break, um, Craig asked how many qualified Dodgers would slug 550. Um, we both said Betts and Freeman. They both did. 
Uh, Betts was 579. Freeman was 567. I said Betts and Freeman. You only said Betts. Oh, I can't read my own right. You, that's right. You were confident. Trying to. I said only Betts because I, I figured Freeman would be slug like 549.4 or something. That's that's in my in my in my head. And then JD Martinez also slugged 572, but he fell 23 uh, plate appearances shy of qualifying. How are you feeling so far? You're, you're doing pretty Good. well. I'm yeah. better than previous. Yeah, I've had some yeah. real stinkers in previous years. All right, now, the 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 rest of these are are like some quick hitter stat stuff. Um, Ooh, Dodgers pitchers with a game finished by the All-Star break. Um, Jacob said 20. Eric said 18. It was 18. Uh, Look at that. And 27 for the entire season. Uh, Dodgers Grand Slams for the year. They were at 6 through May 21st. Uh, Eric said 10. Jacob said 9 because he's a hater. It was 11. <laughs> I, I, I technically was also a hater, apparently. <laughs> I undershot them. Uh, June 25th. Uh, how many stolen bases were the Dodgers allow? Um, they were at 95 steals through 77 games at this point. Uh, so I said 187. Jacob said 184. It was actually only 142. They got a lot better like as the season wore on, and it wasn't just because they dumped Noah Syndergaard. Didn't hurt. Like, as a, it definitely did not hurt. But the the staff as a whole improved quite a bit. There was some reliever stuff in there. Like Phil Bickford, um, I think even like – was it Shelby Miller? Uh, there were some really bad reliever numbers in there. In, in terms of steals, but uh, they did better in the second half. Um, okay, this is a funny one. Oh, no, this is – okay, not not the ne- – uh, Craig's glory moment is coming. Um, but on August 6th, uh, just after the trade deadline, we picked which Dodgers would get off the zero home run Schneid. Um, context, through that, this point of the season, it was 110 games in, 14 different Dodgers had homered, six other position players, plus Shelby Miller, who batted once, uh, batted but had not yet homered. We both said Kike Hernandez would be the first uh, new Dodger to home run. This was 100% correct. He did it the next game, so we were we were on it on that one. <laughs> um, Eric also said Austin Barnes would be the next one, which he did on August 17th. <laughs> it was the only run in a one nothing game. Now, he didn't hit it off Corbin Burns, but uh, he, he hit it in the eighth inning to break a 0-0 tie. Um Jacob said Michael Bush, who did so a week later. Um, so you were—I mean, we were—we were on yeah. this one. Yeah. But to, to be fair, like there also weren't a lot of options. Like I think Ahmed <laughs> Rosario had already homered at this point. That like, sounds right. Yeah, and so I was looking at, it, but like, yeah, whatever. We 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 nailed it. That, I'm, we're, we're giving us credit for this. Um, how would the Dodgers score their 900th run? This was the first time in Los Angeles Dodger history they did this. Jacob said it would be an Ahmed Rosario home run. Uh, Eric said Max Muncy would drive in Mookie Betts. Actually, it was a three-run homer by J.D. Martinez on September 29th, game 160. Uh, it scored Freeman and Smith. Um, Martinez was run number 900 when he touched home plate. Um, then once the playoffs started, this is not a Dodger-specific thing. In fact, it, it was not Dodger-specific at all because it was about the wild card round. How many starts of five innings or more uh, during the wild card round across Major League Baseball? I said 11. Jacob said 8. The actual was 10, so I get it barely. But it's more impressive, I think, because there were only 16 possible games because every <laughs> wild card series was a sweep. Uh, so, okay, transactional stuff. This is where Craig really shined. Only we, we gave him the field because we were so confident. We're like, we, we scoffed. We scoffed at this question, or at least I did. I definitely scoffed. Internally and possibly externally, um, the week before the trade deadline, 
Craig asked, how many players would the Dodgers add to the 40-man roster between July 24th and the 29th? Now, keep in mind, the trade deadline is was not till August 1st. So I thought we I think we both thought he was leaving a lot on the table there. Like they were gonna be quick with their moves or something. Uh-huh. And we're like we're like Pff. Yeah, right. They're not going to do anything that quick, and they ended up adding four people. Uh, so, um, we both said zero. They added the four, and then they added Ryan Yarborough on the first. So, man, they were a lot busier than we expected. Much like this off season, I knew we we expected them to be busy this off season, but even I think we are a little surprised at just how highly active they have been at least especially on the top end of stuff oh yeah no i like one of these things i thought would happen and then ooh, two would be a nice the fact that they've landed three plus um uh to oscar uh yeah uh so checking every box speaking of that to um on november 6th craig asked how many starting pitchers would the dodgers sign before hanukkah which started on december 7th now we were we again expecting the Dodgers would add starting pitching. This wasn't a timing thing though. Jacob said two. I said one. It was actually zero because they didn't they didn't start off the and it, even counting Shohei Otani as a pitcher, he didn't officially sign till the eleventh. Um, so and then Glasnow was uh, December sixteenth. Now I would have given us credit for that because that was they traded for him, but they also signed him. Um, Yamamoto was official on the twenty seventh. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, so I, you know, congratulations to us. I think is what I'm trying to say here because we did we did excellent this year in our bets. What do you think? I, I like I said a lot better than some previous years. I remember we've done some years where it's like we weren't close on half of them, and I felt like we were, you know, other than a few where I think understandably uh, the I hard to see them fixing up the stolen base game as well as they did. So other than that, I feel I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. Um, I think you're gonna feel good about this one too. Um, I don't. I don't. I, so we'll see. We're gonna have. We're gonna. I'm sure next week talk more about payroll stuff. We'll have the Tioscar uh, Hernandez details in salary arbitration exchange deadline is Friday. Um, so we'll have a little more clarity on the ten Dodgers that are eligible, including catcher Will Smith. Um, I was looking up some stats for Will Smith, and what I noticed. Um, catcher. So he has a. Catcher Will Smith. What did I say? No, I was just I was, I, oh, well. I was guessing that your trivia question would be what position he's played the most. <laughs> I need to cross this off. Hold on. <laughs> Updating our notes. Uh, no. Um, so he has a little over four years of service time. Uh, this is an arbitration process for the second time. As I was looking up stats, so he has accumulated 14.6 baseball reference war during his career. Now, that ranks sixth among players drafted by the Dodgers in the 21st century counting only their war for the Dodgers. So how many of the five Dodgers draftees ahead of Smith can you name? I will, uh, I'm going to give myself three strikes, as I normally do, but I'm going to give myself a little time to think about what I'm going to say, and uh, we'll be back after that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So there are five players drafted by the Dodgers who put up more war as a Dodger than Will Smith uh, drafted in the 21st century. That's right. Okay. So. I'm like I said, I'm going to give myself three strikes, uh, regardless. So let's. I you may see in the show notes, I've tiered my guesses, uh, and it's, I love this question because it's so open ended and let's thinking a lot. The only thing I don't like about questions like this is there's got to be one name that is ju- I'm just being an idiot on and I'm just bricking. Uh, that's the fear, and then when you tell me what it is, um, I'll, the blind spot will be revealed, and I'll feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. All right, so the ones I'm very confident about, Clayton Kershaw. Um, yeah, he's he's snuck into first. Uh, <laughs> 79.9. Uh, I didn't look, and let me just do a quick thing. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, no, all right, wait. Yeah, he, he, has, he has more than the, the two through five combined. <laughs> Corey Seager. Um, Corey Seager is third with twenty one point nine. Interesting. Walker Bueller. Uh, Walker Bueller is not in the top five. He is seventh, just behind Tom. Smith, thirteen point seven. It's Tom John's fault. <sighs> Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp is second, 22.9, just ahead of Seeger. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger is fourth, 17.7. So you're only missing the number five uh, person. This is where it's going to get rough. 
Russell Martin. Okay, so if I were guessing, and the way I initially wrote on my note card, people to look up, uh, I would have also guessed Russell Martin, and I would have also been wrong because he's eighth, thirteen point four. Okay. Uh, 13.4. okay. <sighs> Jock Peterson. Okay, so he is not, and you made me look him up because I saw him in your thing. I don't have him on my note card, but I know I looked him up. He is, he is eleven point four with the Dodgers. Okay, I'm I'm okay with that. All right. I, I got those were my three strikes. I got four. I'm I'm feeling good about that. Who am I forgetting? Um, before uh, so you're, I noticed you you put as a note uh, that you know as a possible guess. I yeah. know you didn't guess him, and I'm not I'm not holding this against you. Uh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. Uh, Jock was ten point two. Okay. No, I looked at the wrong column. Um, but AJ Ellis was also in your list, and I did look him up the other day when I looked this up. Um, and he is is well short, but not so. It's eight point two. Yeah, just like yeah, catcher, right? But, like <laughs> right. Um, number five. I was sort of happy that this came out this way. Chad Billingsley, seventeen point three. I, I almost. I I was yeah. wavering between him. I was yeah. seeing him. I'm like, there's no way it's Chad Billingsley. Oh, Walker Bueller. That's a good name. I should have. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I, I was. I liked how this list shook out. It was, there's a nice cluster of guys, yeah. like right in there. Yeah, that was a good well. question. It was good. Yeah, you you nailed it. Um, well, time to break in the new year for you because we've got some questions, trivia, and otherwise from our friend. Because it's time for with Jens and Craig. We love them. It was the weirdest enter I've done. The questions, Craig. I'm, I'm still rusty from. I took a sabbatical. I just slept. It was great. It was in. Oh man. Boonville, Missouri, at questions. the Hotel Frederick. Questions from a nap. Um, <laughs> I I have also similarly been off uh, for the better for a little over two weeks, and um, a couple days last week, um, I took naps where. I woke up not knowing when it was, yep. and, and by, by when I mean what day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, like. Well, in fact, I think Friday, this last Friday, I woke up at some point, and then I, I, I thought it was like early morning or something, and then I looked, and it was seven p.m. <laughs> was like, what? <laughs> All right. This week's trivia topic is L.A. Dodger Gold Glove winners. I'm going to assume this is because of the Golden Globes. What a great oh, tie-in. That is a good tie-in. I like right. it. Oh, we should be remiss. Uh, Freddie Freeman uh, and Chelsea Williams. Freeman were at Golden as was uh, Best Actor winner, I believe, um, Tyler Glasnow, um, <laughs> Cillian Murphy. Um, yeah. Can Eric name the last second baseman and shortstop to win gold gloves in Dodger Blue? Oh, okay. So probably not. Um, I was thinking about this. I'm letting you know. I played along at home. I would not have gotten the second baseman. I got the shortstop on my second try. I think the second baseman is D. Gordon. You are incorrect. Oh no. Um, okay. Oh no. I don't think. I'm gonna. I'm just trying to shift. I. I'm trying to think of who I don't think X player won a gold glove 
however deserving he might have been. Um, man. But I also don't know if it's been that long. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go a long shot and say. Uh, I'm gonna say Bill Russell for shortstop. Uh, it's been more recent than that. Okay. Um. Let me. I'm gonna. Maybe I should shift the uh, the focus back to second base. Okay. So D Gordon didn't win. I don't know why they're. Like I'm just not seeing it there. Um, the I don't even think this happened, but the only one I can think of that's that could be recent is Orlando Hudson. It is Orlando Hudson, the okay, old dog. 2009. Um, shortstop. Oh God. Okay. Um, gold glove hat. Talking slow. Um, Okay. So more recent than Bill Russell. Um, Mm -hmm. This is... um, I don't... (laughs) This is so weird. Um, Is it... mm, Nope. Don't overthink it. It is a glove for a shortstop, for sure. Okay, I'll just I'll just say Caesar is tourist. Caesar is tourist. When did he win? Two thousand four. Huh. All right. They there was a bobble. I believe there is a gold glove Caesar is tourist bobblehead out there. That yeah. I for had some reason, some I thought he never won. All right. Uh, can Eric name every Los Angeles first baseman to collect a gold glove? And for bonus points, can Eric guess the total number of gold gloves won by L.A. Dodger first baseman? All right. So I'm actually. I, I like my chances on this one. Um, so, uh, Gil Hodges, don't don't hold me to these numbers, but I'm, I'm just going to run them off. Gil Hodges, I believe, three. Wes Parker, six. Steve Garvey, seven. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, for sure. Um, oh, boy. Um... I uh, I'm gonna stop you. You got all four. Now you just oh, need the number. Right. Okay, so um, three, six, seven. So now it's did Gonzalez win one or two? Um, hold on. Oh God, let me think here. I'm just gonna say seventeen. Thirteen. Uh, 13 Gil Hodges only won two and Garvey only won four alright <laughs> I'm angry that. yeah yeah. I I don't know what I'm conflating I think it might be all-star starts for Garvey mm. or something six pitchers what? have won a gold glove in an LA Dodger blue uniform who are these fifth infielders for the Dodger for those Dodger teams uh, Greg Maddox twice uh, Zach Greinke Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. Fernando, mm-hmm. Oral, mm-hmm. oh boy, and then it's then it's the missing one. one. Oh. Yep, Andy Messersmith, on the money. Well done. Nice, nice. 
Mookie Betts is the most recent outfielder to win a gold glove as an L.A. Dodger. Can Eric name the last L.A. Dodger outfielder, uh, excuse me, the first, the first L.A. Dodger outfielder to be honored with a gold glove? So, if I was looking at this, I think, I don't think, hmm, wow, um, outfielder, gold glove, only because he played so long. I, I don't remember him winning one, but I he might have just won, like snuck one in at least. I'm just going to say Willie Davis. It is not Willie Davis. Do you want me to give you the year? Not yet. Um, let's think now to, oh boy. Um, nope, that's probably not it. Um, huh. Oh man. Who is this here? Um, nope, nope. Um, okay, the only one I know for sure one, I'm sure there's someone before him, but I'm just going to say Dusty Baker. Wally Moon. Damn. Like 59 or something? Uh, uh, 60. Yeah. All right. You, you did good. Uh, you, the pitcher question especially, you did really good. Man, what a... <laughs> What a unibrow on Wally Moon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, for the contest, hey, we're back. Starting off the year fresh. Uh, 2024, 100%, baby. Uh, for Prayer the Athletic, the top three Major League Baseball free agents are Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, and Jordan Montgomery. Please guess the total amount of money and years that will go to these three players. So I, I added uh, notes in here, the projections from those th- those three sites. Uh, from sorry, from the Athletic, Fangraphs, and MLB Trade Rumors for those three players. The the outlier for, <laughs> easily it was MLB Trade Rumors going rogue and saying twelve years, two sixty four for Cody Bellinger. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to get, but like it's not going to be that. Um, it could be like more per year, but like not that. Um, I have a I have a rough idea of where I'm going, but do you want to go first? Or uh, uh, these porous co- contracts so, are always so weird. I think we, we mentioned this. This is all running together, and we mentioned this on the Teoscar Hernandez episode. So naturally, we were talking about starting pitcher contracts. Uh, but this market's been nutty. Um, so I mean, I know like Yamamoto is especially he's twelve years, he's twenty five, right? Different scenario, but like. Um, Frankie Montas got 16 million. Uh, Giolito got like 238 or whatever um, for, from the Red Sox, and um, it just seems like um, pitchers are getting paid. Um, so Aaron Nola got 7172. Um, so and, and like before, like I what was it? So Garrett Cole had the nine-year deal, however many years ago. And then there hadn't been a deal like over five years for a pitcher until um, uh, Carlos Rodon went six one sixty two with the Yankees, and now it just seems like that's easy money. Like to, the teams are willing to do that, so like it's hard to figure out. Um, but I, I think we're probably safe in betting the over on the pitcher side. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of Bellinger either because it's like such a weird market. All right. Um, um. Yeah. 
I'm 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 ready. I think. Okay, I I am due. I'll just say mine first. And so he wants the down. total total. Uh, yeah, to total years, total total money. Uh, so I'm gonna just write. Uh, I'm gonna. So, I, I I'll give my individuals because okay. uh, otherwise uh, that's the only Same. way I can uh, add these I'll things give, up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the Bellinger deal is the, the is the hardest one for me to pack. Yeah. Like, it feels like he, in theory, would be a prime candidate for like one more prove it deal. I know that's what he just did with the Cubs, but like, yeah, he he as uh, Dodger fans are aware was rough <laughs> at the end of his Dodgers like career. Yeah. Uh, but then looked really good for the Cubs. But, you know, how much of those numbers are to believe? He was a fairly dramatic shift in approach. So I have to imagine he seems like a likely candidate for like a weird deal, but that has like an opt out after a year or two that so he can like go back out. Yeah. Uh, so he's the one but, I'm still struggling with. But figuring like, out. If, if he has an, like guaranteed your player options are guaranteed. So like. Factor that in if that's what you know if that's what you're thinking. Yeah, no, that that's what, yes, I yeah. I think I'm I I may be betting the under for him less than I think he's technically worth because of the opt out allowing him to kind of get out there again and make more. Um, and it also it's just about how much what what he wants. Maybe he wants long term stability. Uh, you know, um, not that he's the the same player but uh, uh Bryce Harper style like where like he just he wanted to pick where he was going to be and be there um and maybe mm -hmm. that's what Bellinger wants and then it's you know it's a different story I'm stalling because I still can't pick a number for him um I'm just gonna you want me to give you mine uh no I'm done okay I I have uh four years 100 million for Bellinger and again, I'm going to assume there's an opt-out after a year or two. And then I, I think that Fangrest did that I like a lot is I'm going to give the same contract to Snell and Montgomery. Um, six years, $175 million. Okay, so, so you are at 450, 450 for 16? Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, all right, so I, I'm, I'm over. Um, so I, I was unsure what to do with Bellinger. I think it ends up that the Cubs be, end up being desperate. They still haven't, like, I I think they signed, like, a one-year deal for someone, but haven't really done anything. This has been the uh, one of the bigger storylines, right? They get Craig yeah. Council while they're coming out. We're like, we're gonna, like, we're here. We're ready to kind of flip the switch into win mode, and eh, never mind. <laughs> so that's how they spent that, that's that's what yeah. their free agent money was on, was Craig Council. No, but so I, I my, my theory on this a is that Boris is good, yes. and the Cubs are going to end up being like, "God, we got to have someone. Let's have the guy we know, Bellinger." Yeah. Um, so I, I actually have Bellinger at seven one eighty, which I am not comfortable with. I am also not comfortable, but in the theory of betting the over, I have seven two seventeen for Blake Snell, which makes me feel icky. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the David Price deal uh, from years ago, um, and then I have five one fifteen. For um, Montgomery, he's in more which, than which, that. Uh, see, the, you're probably right. But anyway, <laughs> e, but either e, with my contracts, I almost was gonna like I had those three, so that adds up to 19 years and 512. I was gonna add like w without signifying which is which that. It, I was just going to add one year and 20 million total yeah. just to do. It. But then I was like, uh, I'll just keep it at that. So like 
man, I just have no read on this at all. Like we we need to revisit this. Uh, I will. When I the will mark happen. the bets individually. Yeah, in yeah, total, yeah. So I want to know. Back. Yeah, yeah. I but I. Oh, this is an upcoming. This is our the Bellinger. Like I like the, about the range on the Bellinger contract. I get like so oh. many contracts would not surprise me. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think we both agree this next question is our favorite one of yeah. this episode. If, if, hypothetically, the Dodgers sign uh, Teoscar Hernandez or a similar right-handed hitting outfielder, should the mm-hmm. Dodgers look to move uh, Miguel Vargas this spring? I think they should look to move Michael Bush. I think I, Vargas's uh, value is yeah. in the tank. Uh, obviously, and, obviously and, this and, all and, depends on their actual valuations. If they think Vargas is, no, he's going to come back, why trade him when his value is low? Similarly, maybe they think, like, oh, Bush's value could even be higher. You know, there's so many things that go into this yeah. that we're not privy to. But I still think uh, selling low on a, pl- a player who, you know, prior to last year had been so promising doesn't seem their style. Uh, but hey, maybe there's a team out there that still is still really high on him, and it, if it moves the deal, the um, moves the cease on a deal, moves the needle on a deal for cease. There we go. Wow, moves the cease on a deal. I, you know, I think I think you just talked uh, talked the Dodgers into a White Sox trade. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, uh, I think they would do it, but I don't think they need to be aggressively moving him. So I, I agree with you pretty much on all counts. There, I don't think. The Hernandez deal means they look to move those guys. I think if the right deal came along, they would move those guys. Yeah. Other, you know, but like we talked about on the Hernandez episode, they have the depth now. Now, given how the roster stands now, we don't know what injuries might happen, but they have 13 guys, 13 position players that aren't Bush and Vargas. So... And that you know they'll they'll just start in the minors in that scenario, right? Like so, like you said, Vargas for one thing, value lower than what it was last year, but also is much younger and has plenty of time to improve. And it's not like a make or break thing where like if he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like he has time to figure things out, right? Like so, like there's that possibility. Um, but like if the right deal comes along, they would move. But yeah, they're, I don't think they're looking to move necessarily. Um, but I, I agree with you that Bush is the one to move if if that's the case. Like, not that they, not that it's like an equal value situation, right? Like, one might bring back more than the other. So my, I guess it depends if if Corbin Burns is on the line, or if Dylan Cease is on the line, or if like another lesser starter is on the line, or something, something like that. Like, you know, who knows. Chase Utley is not likely to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but should he be considered a possibility if he stays on the ballot for the next several years? I mean, yes. Like, I, I just think um, it's gonna—he's gonna be one of those guys who, who is gonna be on the ballot for a little bit, and people are gonna think, talk about him, and think about him, and look back at him, and, and then it's just a matter of like, does he get that groundswell of support that some of these other guys have gotten? So what Utley has like against him is didn't debut till he was 24. Wasn't like a full-time regular till he was 26. Low counting totals, roughly like, you know, sort of um, like 2,000 less plate appearances than most other like second baseman in the last like 60 years or something. Um, or like the great ones. Um, very underrated MVP vote, not his fault. Um, he, he was f- f- 
like, for instance, Ryan Howard won one and Jimmy Rollins won one, and Chase Utley was the best player on the Phillies yep. that, each year. Uh, so he was seventh in one MVP vote and eighth twice. Those were his best MVP finishes. From 2005 to 2009, he was second or third in the National League in war. Um, so he was great. By Jaws, Jay Jaffe's uh, metric. He Jay Jaffe posted something the other day uh, 20 years ago was like his debut of Jaws when he was working at Baseball Perspectives. Like, damn, that's a long time. What yeah. a what an <laughs> impact he has had on like baseball writing over the years. Um, so Utley's like right on the line for an average Hall of Fame second baseman. He's not... Like, there are only 20 second basemen in the hall. I don't, only, I don't know if only is the right word, but there are 20 second basemen Fields, in the hall. Fields, that, that, uh, to me, that's a surprisingly low enough number that only fits. Sure. And, and he, he is essentially, by Jaws, like, right in the middle of that. Um, so his Jaws are 56.9, average is 57.0. So right there. Um, what Jaws does is it averages out a career war, based, using baseball reference, and the best seven years of the career, so the peak war. Um, Utley's stronger case is his peak war because he had a bunch of seven and eight win years in there, and um, not so much on the career. Um, still great, like, but I think it's going to take a while. So I was like, as of Sunday, and I also no- think I, I, I think on the sort of intangibles that go his way, he's got a lot going from was the. He was never the star power of those Philly teams, but I he was arguably the most beloved player. Um, well, you uh, saw it with with the Dodgers, right? Where exactly, absolutely, like a lesser player, um, still productive for the best the chunk of his Dodgers time, but like absolutely beloved in the clubhouse, like yeah. from from the jump and Na- um, nicknamed. Uh, Boston Barnes, no, Boston Barnes, nicknamed Boston Barnes, Sam, right? That's right. Yeah, so, one of my favorite. Well, but then stories. it goes, it goes two ways. Like, uh, this is probably it's a partisan thing too. Has like, a rule named after named after him? Yeah, Mets <laughs> Mets fans, not so not yeah. so much of a Chase Utley fan. <laughs> like, uh, yes, but like. Yeah, it's so it's it's it's. it's He's be currently projecting to be forty percent, which is a really good yeah. first percentage on the ballot. I I think he gets it. I I do think it, yeah, but I think it's going to take like at least five or six years. I think because mm. I think it's gradual. I, I I to be fair, I have not looked, have like fully analyzed who's coming on the next few ballots. Like, if is it going to be a crowded ballot or what? Right, right. But like, I just think it, I just think it, it's going to take some time. There's not going to be urgency. I agree. for I agree. a couple of years. So. Um, like so, I was looking. So, Roland Scott Rowland last year, he got inducted in his sixth year. He only got ten percent first year. Larry Walker, Edgar Martinez, Tim Raines in recent years were all inducted in the tenth and final year. Um, Walker had twenty percent in year one. Edgar was thirty six point two. Tim Raines was twenty four point three. So they all made it was a gradual climb. Jeff Bagwell was a year seven guy. Now he was different because he had the um, even though, like, technically never, like, linked in, like, a news story, but it was like, oh, he's PD, PED guy, right? Yeah. Like, that was essentially the the unspoken or sometimes spoken uh, uh, argument against him. He got 41.7. It just took took a, took a little bit for him to get in. So, yeah, I, I do think he's going to get in, but it's just going to take, like, five or six years, I would imagine, at least. All right, final question. This is well-trodden ground, but I believe Jacob does eat chili. So, 
Name your favorite chili protein toppings. And for the age-old question, beans or no beans? Do you want to name? You want to do the protein first, or do you want me to? Uh, so I, I run the gamut. I, I have had mm-hmm. uh, stewed beef, ground beef, ground turkey. Ground turkey is what we normally use, but that's a that's a health issue the yeah. reason. Like just get nice lean protein in there. Uh, we've done like shredded chicken before, which I actually that may be my favorite. It works. It holds the sauce really well. But really, uh, I think that's one of the joys of chili. And uh, I've been making a lot of Japanese curry. Uh, same thing, where like you can just what vegetables you put in, what the ratio you put in, the secret ingredients you put in, what protein you use. Part of the fun of and greatness of chili is uh, mixing it up. If I had to uh, like submit something for a chili cook-off, I would probably use some form of like not not stew meat and not ground beef but like a a, a better chuck. cut of a uh, maybe even better than chuck like like, like both. chuck steak though yeah like not something like roast. yeah 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 i think i think for me like chuck steak i i can't i don't always make chili with that but when i do man it comes out great. yeah but i also <laughs> do it with something like with ground beef or ground, ground turkey as well yeah, ground, yeah like same thing Anything like that is great. You can even too like, um, just have a bunch of beans and like um, we're gonna get at, there, right? Right. right <laughs> and, but like um, a bunch of beans and like uh, mushrooms. Yeah. Like uh, if you want, like the if you want to have the thickness that that's necessarily not necessarily meat. Uh, I I do like beans in my chili. I know, I know, like Texans specifically don't, and you don't, but like I, I enjoy the beans. I, I do red beans, pinto beans, kidney beans. Any of those beans are fine with me. My, uh, my wife, my wife has uh, acquiesced and given up ever putting in beans because she knows I cannot, I don't like that texture. And I just, to be clear, I don't just omit beans on a st- sort of quote-unquote standard chili recipe. I up the amount of beef and onions and mm. peppers that go in, and that makes up a lot of the body. Um, sure. And it makes it enough to where it's not doesn't taste like soupy to me at all. It's very hearty. Uh, in terms of toppings, um, got to have some sort of hot sauce. Again, that's another... Melissa doesn't like spicy food as much as I do, so I I add the heat later. Uh, a lot of times I'll just use Frank's or Louisiana, like add that kind of vinegary taste. Here, so let, let, I'm going to go over a few sort of more standard sour cream, almost, cheese always, sour cream usually. Uh, Greek yogurt works well if you wanted to do a slightly healthier option. Um, uh, putting a nice, a nice sort of quote unquote slice of Velveeta at the bottom of a bowl is oh. delicious. Um, chocolate, if you haven't tried dark chocolate before, that's really good. Uh, that's another thing that we do. Uh, I've heard of putting that actually in the chili. The chocolate, yeah. Like when you're, when you're making it rather yeah. than at the top. Uh, I, I, to me, it's something you add kind of like at the end okay. and then so so that it melts. So it's not a topping, but it, it it's still kind of a an additive, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say a new topping. And this is going to be weird, but I've looked it up, and I'm not the only person who has done this, and I think it makes sense when you think about it. Mustard. Uh, so that's – it is – it's off. It's a little off, but, like, it, I don't hate it. And you're my, remaking a Coney, basically, my, without the dog. Well, my cousin um, 
I've seen him eat chili dogs, and he puts mustard on his chili dog. Oh yeah, and, I and do too, hundred percent. I, I did not, like, I just not, didn't know that was a thing before he was doing it, and I was like, oh, and I tried. I was like, you know what? It's not bad. Like, so the and the, and that's how I've done chili dogs for a long time. Yeah. And then I was having chili, and I'm like. It made me want a chili dog, and I was like, "I'm just gonna." The thing I love chill about chili dogs the most is the mustard. So I'm just like, did a little spiral on top, and it was delicious. That's the thing you love the most about chili dogs: <laughs> uh, the mustard. Uh, that just, it's the mixture. The, the I, thing I that you. was yeah. missing from this chili bowl wasn't the hot dog, wasn't the bun. It was the mustard that I had. So here's a weird one. I I don't necessarily like fries dipped in mustard, but I will I will dip a tot a tater tot in mustard. <laughs> I don't know why the difference makes a difference for me, but like um, anyway, uh, back to chili for a second. Um, I hate sour cream, so I, I'm never doing that. Huh. Um, I like cheese a lot. I, I generally don't put it as a topping on chili. I, I don't know why. Like um, anything that I, I, it, both both sour cream and cheese, cheese add, create this the thicken yeah. it act as a thickening agent, and that's the texture chili I cheese love. Fries are great, and I love that. So like it's not that, but like um, so the last the last oh, as a topping though, um, I. I'm not. I'm not going to go out and buy like oyster crackers or something because that's the only time I would have it is like with chili or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but I I do love crackers with chili. Like, but uh, and again, I'm never buying like saltines again. So like, I mean, I might, but or no, like if, like if um, like if it's if it comes with it or whatever. What I I no matter what the crackers, whether it's saltines or cheese its, I will. Ground them up, yep, and then pour it over the top. And then I've, mix it in. I've done them all good. I like, yeah. uh, uh, I general rolls. I like having that. You got to have something like I tend to use it more as a finish it up dipping agent than doing the crumbling thing. But especially if I don't have sour cream, I will use instead some sort of cracker that kind of thicken things up. Uh, but you're you're right though. Like uh, all of that sort of lends itself. All these topics, they lend itself to like making it more of a thicker, yeah. um, hardier thing. Um, now, the last soup I made, or last chili I made, excuse me, didn't want No. Uh, no, um, it was a couple months ago, and I used, it was like a hybrid of like three different recipes that I found. And um, so the, the combo was, some of, some of it was like almost like a, like a salsa, like mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. quite, but there, I, I actually had never put... Um, um, canned chipotles in a chili before. I don't think we've done that either, but that sounds good. That went into the salsa portion where I, I actually roasted. Um, I I had a lot of habanero, so I'm as a as a single person, I'm making the chili pretty much for myself. Yeah. So like, um, I will make it as hot. That's it. I will add a little bit of hot sauce sometimes after the fact, even though it's like sometimes really hot. Just as being able to being able to augment it, and yeah, it's not just texture, but adding that kind of it's almost a float of vinegar on the top is just really, really for me, really pleasant. Yeah, and then there was, um, I think I also so part of the the the, the sort of salsa mixture was there's all sorts of peppers, um, and then also a little bit of cornstarch to thicken that part up. So uh, I braised the. Not, or, uh, um, sorry, browned the um, chuck steak, and then browned the. Or first, I browned the the ground beef, then I browned the chuck steak, and then using the what was left over in the pan, 
uh, uh, cooked the onions and then uh, deglazed the pan with beer, <laughs> then threw all of that into the crock pot, and then added the the uh, already blended like salsa esque mixture, and then tomatoes, uh, beans, uh, all sorts of, and it it ended up being a very awesome consistency and the, and like the meat and it was slow cooked and like the meat was just so tender it was great uh and so i think i'm gonna do something like that again i was thinking though i might do something without meat like it and doing the beans mushrooms peppers route and and just see see where that takes me but uh yeah you can't you can't really go wrong with chili like it's all it's all a nice little mixture well I have nothing to make chili with, so I'm going to figure something else out. But I'm hungry, so I'm going to go eat. I, I am going to make uh, – I know you hate soup, but I'm, I'm going to make uh, another ham bone soup this week because I had a, I made a ham uh, after right after Christmas. So I made stock out of that, and I'm going to use that stock to make soup. So uh, I will enjoy that. I know you won't, but uh, enjoy whatever you want uh, while listening to this. Thank you for listening to the three-inning save. I am Eric Steven. That's Jacob Birch. Thanks to Craig Manami for questions. Thanks to Brian Salvatore for his work on the ones and twos, and thanks to the Dodgers for keeping us busy and signing to Oscar Hernandez to give us two episodes <laughs> this week. We will have another uh, coming at you next week and probably some Dodgers rewinds in the near future. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you later.